Welcome to the QuackCast, the skeptical and sarcastic evaluation of quacks, frauds, and charlatans. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean alternative and complementary medicine. This is the second podcast from April 2006, and today I'm going to talk about echinacea. This is brought to you as a side project of Pusware LLC, the publisher of the Persiflager's annotated compendium of infectious disease facts, opinion, and dogma. Your uber hyperlinked guide to infectious diseases, available at pusware.com. Why do I do this? Well, if you do a search of podcasts in medicine, the bulk of results will point you to many sites on so-called complementary and alternative medicine, all of which are, well, garbage. There is the always excellent quackwatch.com, which is the source for all things quackery. And there are good skeptical websites and good skeptical podcasts, as you will see on my links page. But there is a lack of podcasts that look skeptically and specifically at alternative medicine. I think this is a shame as, to judge from the medical school in my neck of the woods, critical thinking and alternative medicine do not seem to go together. So you are in luck. I'm an infectious disease doctor with a long interest in things skeptical, and I've been honing my podcast skills for the last six months with my infectious disease podcasts, available at pusware.com, by the way. So I've decided to branch out into the other area of my life in medicine that interests me and have embarked upon what will hopefully be a short series of podcasts covering various aspects of alternative medicine. As Baruch Spinoza said, quote, I have made a ceaseless effort not to ridicule, not to bewail, nor to scorn human actions, but to understand them, end quote. This does not apply to me. Ridicule and scorn are my favorite approaches to alternative medicine because it is all so stupid. And as time goes by, you too shall see why. So let's move on to today's screed and the topic of echinacea. So what is echinacea? It is, of course, a natural product and must be good. This dates back to the 1800s when Indians, North American Indians to be specific, used echinacea as a treatment for both wounds and infections and became popular during the 1800s in the United States. Echinacea has three different plants. There's echinacea purpura, echinacea augustinophilia, and echinacea pallida. I probably pronounced all three of them wrong. These plants have thought to have been helpful in both the treatment and prevention of a variety of infectious diseases, including bronchospasm, bacterial sinusitis, otitis media, streptococcal pharyngitis, and pneumonia. But most often it's been used for the common cold. It's used both preventatively and therapeutically to shorten the duration of this already self-limited disease. What has been lacking in the evaluation of this herb has been randomized controlled studies. And as you all know in medicine, the mantra is randomized, placebo-controlled, clinical studies to determine the efficacy of any therapeutic intervention for a medical illness. Now these studies are out and not unsurprisingly show that echinacea doesn't work. It is worthwhile to wander through these papers so that you know the background. In medicine, as in the sciences, some journals have more cachet than other journals and in the top five is included the Annals of Internal Medicine or at least it used to be until they started embarrassing themselves with a series of pathetic reviews of alternative medicine. In 2002, they published an article that looked at the treatment of cold with unrefined echinacea. 
They had 148 students in Madison, Wisconsin, who were randomized in a double-blind placebo-controlled trial to receive a mixture of Echinacea urban root, they used both Echinacea purpura and Echinacea augustifolia, in a one-gram dose six times a day for the first day of illness and three times a day for the next 10 days. And in a placebo-controlled study, that this showed no difference in the treatment of active cold in patients who had echinacea versus placebo. So this trial at least suggested that echinacea in a well-done study didn't work. What the humor begins in this trial in the discussion of the authors, and I quote here, quote, However, our trial had several limitations that should temper confidence in its negative results. First, the specific echinacea preparation in our trial, a dried encapsulated mixture of unrefined echinacea root and whole plant echinacea, had not been previously tested and may be ineffective because of bioavailability or phytochemical constituents, end quote. Then why did they use this drug? If they thought it might not be effective, perhaps they should have done the study correctly in the first place. Secondly, they say our trial was no good because we used young, healthy college students who would not benefit from echinacea. And third, they said that our trial was too small to show a significant difference if the effect of 5 or 10 percent uh, was there and would easily be seen as the natural variability in the disease. And finally, they said there are no validated instruments for assessing the common cold. So basically, when they got done with the study, they said it didn't work. But look, our drug was never tested for efficacy. We tested it in people that didn't work. We didn't do a big enough trial, and we didn't have any way to validate our cold symptoms, which was the uh, standard by which we judged efficacy. One would wonder then, A, why did they do the trial in the first place, and B, why did the annals publish it? Still, I think the results were valid. Echinacea didn't work in colds. But because of the underlying problems as stated in the discussion of this pathetic paper, the arguments about the efficacy of echinacea did not fade away. The next article that's worth mentioning was then published in Clinics of Infectious Diseases in 2004. Again, the references are available in my chart notes. And this was entitled Echinacea Purpura for the Prevention of Experimental Rhinovirus Colds. Here they did a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. Om, our mantra is met, where they used echinacea to prevent infection in patients with rhinovirus. They took 48 previously healthy adults to get placebo or echinacea, and they squirted cold virus right in their nose, so they knew that they got it, and they looked to see if echinacea worked. And guess what? Drum roll, please. Big surprise. Didn't work. However, they then said, as they always do, small numbers, so if there were small effects, it couldn't be shown. And that remains the eternal problem, especially in infectious disease medicine, getting sufficient numbers of patients to have statistical power to show benefit. However, this study was consistent with other studies that showed a lack of benefit in the prevention of cold by using echinacea. So, as always, when you have too few patients in your studies to prove a hypothesis, you pool all the studies together to try and find a benefit. It's called a meta-analysis. And as one of my colleagues says, meta-analysis, schmeta-analysis. 
I tend to use meta-analyses when they support my pre-held beliefs and ignore them when they don't. This meta-analysis was in the Clinics of Infectious Diseases in 2005 and entitled Treatment of Common Cold with Echinacea, a Structured Review. Less of a meta-analysis and more of a review of the literature. It's interesting that they found 322 articles on echinacea and cold, and they only found nine placebo-controlled trials. And when looking at criteria for a good study, and this consisted of validated case definitions, a quantifiable hypothesis, a sample size calculation, randomized assignment, double-blinding, proof of blinding, and that's key, measurement of compliance, measurement of dropout rate, analysis of intention to treat, descriptions of methods of analysis, and measurements of probability, they found that only two studies met criteria for good clinical trials, and neither of them worked. In summary, with this meta-analysis, they said, quote, this structured review suggests that the possible therapeutic effectiveness of echinacea in the treatment of cold has not been established. And in a nice accompanying editorial to this article, they went through the issues and determined that the $300 million a year we spend in this country, i.e. the United States, on echinacea is pissing it all away. So then years later and many dollars later, the New England Journal publishes an article. And when the New England Journal publishes something, it's usually definitive. This was in the July 28th edition and entitled An Evaluation of Echinacea Agestinophilia in Experimental Rhinovirus Infections. They took 437 volunteers who either received prophylactic echinacea or therapeutic echinacea, and they squirted rhinovirus right in their nose, and they found that it didn't do diddly. And a very nice accompanying editorial by Dr. Wallace Sampson, who is also the editor of Scientific Review of Alternative Medicine, he pointed out not only the goofiness of herbal remedies in general and the inadequacies of the science supporting them, but the waste of $1.5 billion that the NIH has spent on alternative and complementary medicine and has found little or no evidence of efficacy of these agents. And he nicely points out just because a remedy is popular is not necessarily a reason to spend money testing it if there's not good plausible reasons for why one would expect an intervention to be efficacious or about echinacea. I think the take-home method here is the usual. There's something old and something natural that's popular, and so it must be effective, else why would people use it? This forgets the human urge to find causality where none exists and the self-limited nature of most illnesses. I always tell people that every time I take echinacea, I get a cold, and they always look at me with this startled look in their eye. I also tell them that ever since I got these new shoes, I haven't had a cold. I think the importance is beware of causality in the treatment of diseases, since most diseases are self-limited. Just because A happened and B happened doesn't mean that A caused B to happen. And in the end, we get the usual result of herbal medicines. There are poorly designed studies in self-limited diseases that suggest an herbal remedy works when there are no phase one, phase two, or biologic plausibility to support its use. Lots and lots of money is spent on these preparations, $300 million a year in the case of echinacea. Then the money is spent on increasingly definitive studies that show a lack of efficacy. 
And finally, no one's mind is changed. As humans tend to ignore data that doesn't validate pre-held conceptions, and you can't argue with somebody when they say, but I took echinacea and I didn't get a cold. All the literature in the world that echinacea doesn't work and it doesn't will not stop people who believe in it from using it. Belief is always stronger than science, and I believe that more strongly than I believe in science. So that brings us to the end of this quack cast, an occasional review and rant on alternative medicine, a side project of pusware.com. See the show notes if you have references. Send your hate mail and spam to quackcast at pusware.com. And the music is by my 12-year-old son playing his guitar. And if you'll excuse me, I'm having the sniffles and I need to go take some vitamin C. Thank you. Indictation. Goodbye.